to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. Well, we are so excited to have you here today. We have been prepping and praying for this day, and we know it's going to be uh, filled with so much hope and beauty. So let's pause this morning and let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the life that we are feeling already today for your presence that is already here and just the joy of family and community and love and hope. And Jesus, would you meet us just in a unique way as we celebrate your life today and the life that's available to us in this place. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting because I communicate for a living. It's one of the things that I do. And I have the opportunity to communicate all over the place in many different contexts and for many different subjects. But I have to admit, I have to, admit to you, every year we get to Easter. And when I start talking about Easter or planning Easter, I get nervous. And I got to tell you, it's really not about the crowd size or about the bigness of the event. I, I've spoken in stadiums with 10,000 people. I've spoken in rooms with, with five. So it's, it's really not about the number. It's not about the subject matter. I feel like I'm connected to what's there. But every year when, when we start prepping for this moment, I find myself getting anxious about what's going to happen and how we're going to communicate this. And, and then this year, as I was in the middle of my anxiety moment thinking about Easter, it hit me. It hit me why every year I find myself in a little bit of anxiety over this moment. Because Easter is this massive moment in history where so many human ideals intersect all at the same time. It's this, it's this moment where, where hope and beauty and life and joy and redemption and pain and tragedy and sorrow meeting all kinds of redemption and hope and beauty and newness all come colliding together and I get the privilege of communicating all of that in 30 minutes and then getting you out of here to your brunch on time. <laughs> and it's the, the fullness of this that feels anxious. And this year I decided that I was no longer going to call it anxiety. That, that what I was really experiencing in that moment was an elevation. See, because there's something inside of us when we start talking about these human ideals that, that elevates with inside of us. When we start talking around what it means to be fully alive as humans in every single moment, in every single circumstance and situation that we find ourselves in, what it means to, to feel life coursing through us in every single moment, what it looks like to, to redeem all of our ashes, now, not just the moments and points in history that, that we imagine could be redeemed or we can strategize our way to make something new out of them, but, but everything, everything from your past, everything from your present, everything from your future being redeemed and not just redeemed, but transformed into something beautiful, what it would look like to hope in the midst of unthinkable circumstances, what it would look like to experience a love that could transform every ounce of fear in the human story and transform history forever. I don't care where you're at on your spiritual journey. When you start talking about those things, don't you notice something lifting within you? Do you notice something elevating within you when you start talking about these, these human ideals? Can you feel it? See, because one thing that I know that, that you and I share in this room 
is that we all long for a tomorrow that is elevated, that is exponentially more beautiful than our past. And I think that is why Easter is so important and why it resonates with so many of us. But, but have, you, have you ever had or noticed something that sounded good but you knew was out of reach? I, 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 a few months ago, I had a friend contact me and they said, hey, we want to invite you and Marla on this 30-day European cruise. And I was like, awesome, let's do that, right? <laughs> let's make that happen. And so they're talking through the details and explaining how this is going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, sign us up. This is awesome. Now, when someone says we want to invite you, right, that usually implies that they're footing the bill, right? <laughs> Until they said, yeah, 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 we got through all the details. We're like, oh, we're going to go to France and Germany. We're going to spend some time in Paris. We're going to go up to Switzerland. We're going to go to Sweden maybe for a little bit. I'm like, sign us up for that. And then they dropped the bomb. And they're like, it's only $14,000 <laughs> plus 30 days off of work plus child care for 30 days. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That is way beyond our pay grade right there, Right. <laughs> Because it's one thing to have a nice idea about something, it's another thing to have it out of reach. And I think that for so many of us, Easter feels like that. It feels like a nice idea. It feels like a pipe dream. That, that all of this could come together, like a life filled with hope and beauty and that all things would be made new. At best, it's out of reach for us or not in the cards for the fate that we are supposed to step into. And I think this is why... The cynicism and the despair and the hopelessness and the darkness can feel so much more real than the light. That the death can feel more like a realistic possibility than the possibility of, of life for us in the middle of this. Isn't it interesting, even after the pandemic hell of two years around us, do you also find yourself getting nervous when you start to hope? Like, like when people start to say, oh, hey, things are lifting, and mandates are lifting, and restrictions are lifting. I don't know about you, but there's something inside of me that says, yeah, we'll see. Just wait for the other shoe to drop. Just wait for the next thing to happen. Just wait for the next political unrest. Just wait for the next virus. Just wait for the next thing that's going to happen. Just wait for the next thing that's going to collapse society. Because we all know there's going to be another, Right? We all know there's going to be another virus, another crazy, another fight, another injustice, another letdown, another shoe to drop. And so flying too high is something that we wonder if we're really up for, if we're really up for stretching for that. In fact, flying too high actually feels dangerous for our soul because we ask ourselves, can we really handle another letdown in life? Which, this leaves us with, with two options in these paradigms, really. Either God has set us up to long for beauty and hope and redemption and freedom and the restoration of all things and taking all of our ashes and making them beautiful and they're all out of reach, which would make him cruel. Or that God has designed us to pursue those things with everything inside of us. That in the face of the hopelessness and the darkness and the cynicism and the despair and the we'll-see moments, that there is something inside of us that craves that and that maybe, just maybe, if we pursued that fully, we might run straight into him. That if all of this was like Easter, breadcrumbs left at Easter, that were moving us towards a God who is saying, I have come for you. 
In fact, in the beginning of the human narrative in the scriptures in Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 7, when, when, when God created man, he says this. He says, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. See, humanity's very existence is God exhaling life into our soul and elevating us in the middle of this. Life was made to be in us and around us and coursing through us. And every single inhale is an exhale from God himself, reminding us that we were made to be alive. But why is it that we struggle to find life? That we struggle to find hope, like, like it's impossible to bounce back. Because here's the thing, you can be physically breathing and your soul can still be struggling to catch a breath. You can still be inhaling and exhaling and still struggling to be lifted in the middle of this. What if the breath of God was actually all around us and that we were just missing him? In fact, in the scriptures, when John writes his narrative about who Jesus is and was for humanity, this is what he says. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, he did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent nor, nor of decision of the husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, filled with grace and truth. You know, every time I read this, I think, how on earth could this be? That God himself walked among us and talked among us and ate with us and he, he existed in the culture and he, he worked and he sweat and he had friends and he lived his life and we missed him. How could that be that, that Jesus came to show us the way to once again catch our breath and we just actually were unwilling to inhale. That we just were unwilling to, to pause for a moment, to be lifted just for a second in human history. And look, it's easy to look at this historical moment and say, how did they miss it? How on earth could they have missed God? I mean, he was walking among them doing miracles and claiming he was God, and yet they still missed him. But I'm not too sure we're all that off today. <laughs> I'm not too sure we're all that different. I mean, what if... What if God was everywhere, all around us, still longing to exhale life into us, and we were just refusing to breathe? See, maybe we're more committed to our fate of being deflated than Jesus' invitation to us to be lifted, to be elevated in this. It's interesting because balloons were designed, they were, they were manufactured, they were invented, to be filled. The, the whole purpose of a balloon is to be elevating, to, ele to be filled and then to elevate an atmosphere everywhere they go. They really don't have any other purpose. And, and as is, there's so much potential. But really that, that's all there is, just potential. 
See, without breath, these are essentially meaningless. No, no real purpose. You might call them dead. But here's the thing. No matter how much this balloon was designed to be inflated, it cannot inflate itself. There's no way that this will ever be lifted or elevated or step into the fullness of its purpose if it doesn't connect to a source outside of itself. And, And without breath, there is nothing there. But here's the thing. No matter how much this balloon was designed to be filled... No matter how much it intends to be filled, no matter how much it longs to be filled, no matter how much religion it goes through, or no matter how much purpose it puts itself out into the universe, it will never find itself inflated until it connects to a source. And I think this is possibly why there is so much hopelessness that lives inside of us. See, much like these balloons, we were meant to be filled with the breath of God. And then in that, to be elevated and to step into the fullness of life and our purpose and joy and beauty and hope of redemption, to be freed. And no matter how much we try, no matter how much we want it, no matter how much religion or good thoughts or intentions or meditation, we are incapable of elevating ourselves. We too need a source within us. And the despair sets in because we feel like we've been left breathless. We feel like there's no possibility to be lifted. And in fact, the scriptures don't help all that much because they say that all of us have fallen short of this beauty and wonder of God. That all of us have actually missed it in terms of stepping into all of that, that our, that our brokenness and our darkness, not within some of us, within all of us, runs so deep. And so it can feel like it's Useless, like it's futile to even try to pursue life that's available to us. Or maybe some of you are here today and you're afraid that if you extend your faith that God, like so many other people in your life, will disappoint you again. And so don't put yourself out there too far because you might be left down in the middle of this. You might float too high only to be let down again so you'd rather stay grounded than dream of flying to protect yourself, because it's easier to stay with what you know than be elevated into what you don't. And so it may feel safer to play small, to settle for the hopelessness. At least we know we won't break any more in the midst of all of that. And it feels like in many ways humanity has lost its breath. But here's the thing, we, we know, we, we know that we weren't made for this. We know that this is not what we were designed for. We know that this is not our purpose or our intention or our future. And this is where we wrestle with Easter. Is it actually possible to be lifted? Is it actually possible to have God himself inhale into us and us step into the beauty of life, to dare to hope to find life and beauty and purpose because it is often in the despair and death that so, so much beauty is born.
Yeah. 
Out of emptiness, he came like a tender shoot from rock-hard ground. Yeah, he didn't look like anything or anyone of consequence. He had no physical beauty to attract our attention, so he was despised and forsaken by men. This man of suffering, grief's patient friend, as if he was a person to avoid, we looked the other way. He was despised, forsaken, and we took no notice of him. Yet it was our suffering he carried, our pain and distress, our sick to the soulness. We just figured out that God had rejected him, that God was the reason he hurt so badly, but he was hurt because of us. He suffered so. Our wrongdoing wounded and crushed him. He endured the breaking that made us whole. The injuries he suffered became our healing. We all have wandered off like sheepless shepherd, scattered by our aimless striving and endless pursuits. The eternal one laid on him, this silent sufferer, the sins of us all. And in the face of such oppression and suffering, silence, not a word of protest, not a finger raised to stop it like a sheep to shearing, like a lamb to be slaughtered. He went oh so quietly, oh so willingly, oppressed and condemned. He was taken away from this generation. Who was there to complain? Who was there to cry foul? He was, after all, cut off from the land of the living, smacked and struck, not on his account, but because of how many people, my people, disregarded the lines between right and wrong. They snuffed out his life. And when he was dead, he was buried with disgrace in a borrowed space among the rich. Even though he did no wrong by word or deed, yet the eternal one planned to crush him all along to bring him to grief, this innocent servant of God, when he puts his life in sin's dark place, in the pit of wrongdoing. This servant of God will see his children and have his days prolonged. For in his servant's hand, the eternal's deepest desire will come to pass and flourish. See, sometimes it's only when we lose our breath that we find it. Sometimes it actually takes the pain of death to fully step into life. And, and Easter, Easter can be confusing like that. Life can be confusing like that. Like a God that would send his son to redeem humanity but ends up dead. Who came to exhale life into us, but ended up being wrongly accused by the religious. He was beaten and mocked and whipped and sent down corridors of streets with a, a cross tied to his back where he was then put on a hill and crucified in front of hundreds of people who were once his followers, and no one even said anything in the middle of this, and he ends up dead, executed, and he breathed his last breath. And we could pause there and just say, yeah, once again, the story ends in tragedy. Another see, I told you so moment that we find ourselves in life. The, the, the normal narrative of the human story, of course, and it begs us to believe that beauty is, is just momentary blips on the radar, that it possibly couldn't be what defines our life. Do not hold out hope. Do not extend your faith. Never again allow yourself to believe because we are never going to be able to catch our breath. And no wonder it's so easy to be cynical, especially when you get stuck in the middle of the story. When it appears like lifelessness and breathlessness is all that's available to us. Of course, until Easter. 
And Luke writes this about this day that we celebrate. He says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look from the, for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinner, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to 11, all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, what had happened? See, here they were going to put fragrances on the body of Jesus, because this was tradition in their mourning. That when a body had been put in the tomb, they would go and they would make it smell better. And this was just what was to be expected. Because just days before, Jesus had promised salvation. And here they were putting flowers on a dead man's body. And then they're asked this interesting question. It's a question that I'm always kind of marvel at when I read it. They say, why do you seek the living among the dead? Kind of a dumb question. Because they weren't seeking the living among the dead. <laughs> they were seeking the dead among the dead because they were certain that he was dead. They knew he would be there. There wasn't a doubt in their mind that this was all there was, that this is how the story ends, that this was going to be what defined their life from here on, that they believed they were let down and they could never dare to hope again. They were doing the only thing that they knew to do to put some perfume on a corpse. Anything that would take the sting of the hopelessness away from them to get them out of the hell that they were into. And up until this moment, death was the only option that was available to them. And they were trying to grasp any air that they could find in the midst of the hopelessness. And I wonder how often we do the exact same thing. How often do we go wandering through the graveyards of our past, searching for anything that will give us just a morsel of hope? Searching for anything that will dare to allow us to once again believe that there is a possibility and painting our brokenness to look presentable. Anything that could move us out of the hopelessness stuck in the tombs of our own emptiness because death was the only option and that everything changes with these three words, he has risen. Because it transformed in that moment everything that they knew to be true about the future that was available for them with those Three words, life came busting into the human narrative. And for the first time, from the very beginning, from that moment in Genesis, death was not the only option now available to humanity. It was God screaming into the universe, I have come for you, and you will never be left breathless ever, ever again. So get up and walk out of the grave 
that you have been walking in, resurrection was here and now, and nothing could stop it. No past, no future, no evil, no darkness, no chaos, no virus could get in the way from it happening. It was God exhaling into the human spirit once again. And once again, as in the beginning, he was breathing into us, except this time it was for good. And from that moment, he has kept exhaling into humanity. He has just kept breathing over us, whether you are aware of it or not, a constant breath of hope and life and love breathed over your life that when you connect to Jesus, the overwhelm of tragedy is not all that there is. It is not the only option for you. He keeps lifting everything all around us, everywhere we go. And never, ever, ever forget that we are living in the middle of a cosmic rescue plan. Yes. That we are living in the middle of a moment where God is resuscitating humanity. So take a moment and breathe deeply of everything that he has all around us, every breath, every sunrise, every sunset, every moment, every hello, every hug, every experience and question, and the journey becomes so overwhelming because the God of the universe now wants to live in you. <laughs> Exhaling life all around us through Jesus. And he has come to revive your soul whether you are aware of that or not. And the fact that one day you will breathe your last breath, with him, loses its sting. It loses its power. Because his exhale in you will last for eternity. See, Jesus invites you to have your breath taken away by the beauty of his hope by the beauty of his life and redemption today. And it is all a gift. It is all a gift today, freely given to you through Jesus. And what I love about Jesus, it's one of the reasons why he works for me because it's so simple. Jesus says this to us in 1 John. He says, this is the testimony God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Pretty simple, right? Not a lot of religious jargon or mantras that we need to chant or things that we need to engage in. See, I think sometimes we have this idea that at Easter, Jesus came to like drop off life like a UPS man drops off a package. Like he was like, here you go, have a fun, see you later, right? But here's the beautiful thing about Jesus is he says, no, 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 no. It's, it's so much more beautiful than you could have ever imagined. I want to be connected to you. I want to be in relationship with you as a friend, as a king, as a lord, as a source over your life that is unending. And he invites us into that space at Easter. I was talking to a friend a, a few months back that had a lot of questions about faith and about Jesus and about this whole redemption thing. And at the end of it, they said, you know, I actually don't think I need Jesus to make me a good person. And I said, oh, you're absolutely right. You don't. You, there's no, you don't need Jesus to make you a good person. But you do need to 
have him to make you alive. It's why he longs for us to connect to him. Not because he needs something for us, but because he longs to give us something. And this is the question that Easter leaves us with, that echoes into us. It's the question that Jesus asked so many years ago, and it's the same question that Jesus asks you today. Will you allow the breath of God to elevate your life? Will you allow yourself to be lifted? Will you allow Jesus to be your source so that you can fully breathe again? Would you just stand up with me this morning? I want you to just take a deep breath in and let it out. Take another deep breath in and let it out. Just close your eyes for a minute. This morning I have a really simple question for you. And that question is this. Do you have life? And I'm not, I'm not asking like, do you feel like you're alive today? Of course you're breathing here and now. My question is, are you filled with a life that transcends circumstances and situations and feelings? And really the question that is under the question is, have you connected to the God who has come to resuscitate your soul, to breathe life into you? And if this morning, if you're here and you're like, that proposition sounds so exciting, or maybe you're so afraid of that because you've been struggling with hopelessness for so long and it, to dare to hope again feels so overwhelming. But today, Jesus wants you to know that he's already come for you. He's just asking if you'll come out to him and receive this gift of life. And so this morning, if you're here today, maybe someone invited you. Maybe you just got up and you're like, I, I don't know why I need to be here, but I'm supposed to be here. And today you didn't realize that today was the day that you're going to get your breath back. If that's you today and you're like, I'm ready to connect to Jesus, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to connect to Jesus today. Awesome, all over the room. Who else would just say, I'm ready to connect to Jesus today. Awesome. If your hand's raised, I want you just to pray this prayer with me. It's not like a magic, it's not magic words. It's literally just like talking to God like you would talk to a friend. I want you just to say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I know that I'm broken and that you have died for me. So I make you Lord. And I choose you. Come breathe your life in me. That I might have life. I thank you. Now with your eyes closed still, there's some of you in this room that you may have been connected to Jesus for a long time. Maybe, maybe like this church thing's like a normal thing for you. And you came in here and you're like, this life that you're talking about, I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't feel that. And today, Jesus just wants to exhale into you. So if you're here this morning and you're like, man, I feel like I'm connected to Jesus, but I don't feel like it's working or something. I feel still overwhelmed. I feel still like, 
like I need I need something more. I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you and you're here and you're like, man, I feel like I'm connected to Jesus, but I've been struggling to catch my breath. Would you just raise your hand? Yeah, so many people in the room. I just want to pray over you because I believe that Jesus, while he never leaves us, he brings us back into community so that we can once again find life. Jesus, I pray for every single woman, man in this room who's struggling to catch their breath, God. I ask that you would come and that you would move in them today, God. That you would restore life and hope and beauty in them. God, that they would walk away from this place renewed and refilled, knowing how much beauty is available to them through you, Jesus. God, I thank you for today, for Easter, and the beauty that we get to experience. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.